What's up everyone and welcome to episode 68 of the Justin Insight podcast, a podcast where I, Tim Birkbeck, speak to musicians or people involved in the world of alternative music and see what shaped them, what made them who they are today. Um, For regular listeners, you may have noticed there was a bit of a gap since our NXT review show, Um, but for those who have been following us on social media, you will know why. Um, Last week I was away on tour with my very good friends in Svalbard who were kind enough to take me out on their little run of shows that they had with Modern Life is War. Um, Basically, I begged them to take me because I fucking love Modern Life is War. The early 2000s hardcore kid in me was like, I'm not missing this opportunity and I did not regret it. But also, it was just super cool to to hang with four of my my super close friends as well for for a couple of days. Um, Also, just kind of on a on a bit of a personal like like I still love hardcore music and everything but some sort of uh, elements of it I guess you can say the kind of crowd killing whatever you want to call it like I love like really heavy hardcore sort of uh, the year of the knife EP this year is one of my favorite records so far this year Jesus Peace are gonna smash it out of the water when their record comes out as well um, but seeing Modern Life Is War four days on the trot kind of really warms my heart to see people sort of going up for mic grabs stage diving um and they have not missed a step like for i know they did the the original initial sorry uh reunion a few years back but it was cool to see them come back with new material as well like um feels like end times is a fucking banger of a song and every night that that came on i was like well in bristol i kind of did go a bit crazy but yeah, I was just like, if I wasn't doing merch, I would have fully, fully lost my shit for for that song, um, and obviously classics like Dead Remains, everything went nuts. So yeah, uh, that was it. Was yeah, it was just really nice to kind of get back into that side of hardcore, and it yeah, just got got my got me a got me a bit buzzy if 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 that's the right kind of terminology, I guess. Um, Apart from the week away, nothing really major exciting happening happening in the world of Tim, I'm afraid. So, haven't got a whole lot to report to you. Um, now that I'm back, I'm currently prepping uh, for 2000 Trees, which is happening in a couple of weeks. Um, for the first time in forever, I'm actually going to be updating the Justin Insight website. Uh, we'll have a little preview of 2000 Trees on there uh, later on this week, probably tomorrow after this episode comes out. Um, but as uh, I think I've mentioned on here before, once all the festival season's kind of out of the way um, and I have a bit more time to actually settle down and put some work into the website, I'm actually going to kind of invest some time in, in that and kind of rebrand it and there'll be a lot more sort of things on, on that side of things as well. Um, yeah, so we've got that coming up in a couple of weeks uh, and I'm also kind of scouting out to see if I can possibly chat to some bands whilst I'm at a fluff festival towards the end of the month as well as Upsurge which is happening in August um, and then with that along with Art Tangent that will round off my, my summer festival season so it's getting a bit busy at the moment like if you include uh, Be Love which is the one I'm covering for my day job which is this coming weekend uh, shout out to Reef which should be I don't know, it'll be interesting I guess um, it'll be two three six festivals in total this year which is cool because i aim to to try and do as many as possible and 
there's a still a very small chance that I might be doing Boomtown as well. So we'll wait and see how that kind of pans out. Um, yeah, I haven't really got a whole lot more to add. So let's just jump into to this week's guest. And I actually recorded this whilst I was away with Svalbard. Uh, one of the other touring bands was... Uh, my guest this week, well, not the whole band, obviously, but uh, Noam Cohen, uh, vocalist of Swain. Uh, so I sat down with Noam at uh, the Bristol date of the tour. Uh, we discussed how Noam and drummer uh, Boris were originally in a ska punk band, uh, what it was like for them recording, uh, well, I still want to say it's the debut Swain album, but it's technically under the This Routine of Hell bracket album um, Hell. We we'll get into the conversation you'll you'll explain what i mean you'll explain sorry it'll become clear what what i mean sorry i'm I'm jumping my words a little bit today um and we also uh get into what it means for for him as a person that identifies as being queer that that journey he kind of went through and and that journey of self-discovery um during the conversation you might hear myself and nom randomly start laughing uh it's because where we were we were kind of sat outside and near this kind of like flower bed sort of area by the exchange in Bristol if you know the venue you'll know where I'm talking about um and a, a drunk guy kind of just kind of went to sit down next to us and just fell flat straight in the flower bed um and after kind of sitting there quietly for 10-15 minutes just got up and stumbled off so yeah just to give you a bit of a context on that um but yeah that that's pretty much all I'm going to stop babbling on about um so please sit back enjoy the chat I have with Noel and I'll see you on the other side. Cool. Uh, right, sat near the exchange in Bristol, day three of the Modern Life is War tour with Swain vocalist Noam. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, Noam. 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 Yeah, Noam. Yeah. Um, How's how are you finding this all so far? Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. My life swore are amazingly friendly people. Yeah, man. Uh, Svalbard, really cool people. Who cares? Cool band. Um, just having a good time in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any particular highlight for you so far? Um, I mean, honestly, just the first show, being able to hang out with uh, you know Chris and Jeff and John and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. That was real great. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, this is the third show, so I mean, you know, we still got two, two, <laughs> yeah. so much to go. So uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. Did you tour with them last time they were over here as well? Yeah, just two shows. We had Manchester and London. Right, okay. Which were great, by the way. Uh, really cool. Uh, but yeah, okay. So as I've mentioned, like the show's called Just an Insight. So I like to take my guests kind of on a musical journey through like what sort of shaped them as a musician, vocalist, whatever. So uh, the, the question I kind of pose to, to kind of kick things off is what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place? Right. So I think when I was younger, my sister mostly actually, she listened to, you know, Biscuit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austrian, Green Day, just anything really, and I picked up on that when I was young, and I started going to punk shows when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I was first really into like ska punk, and okay, some cool. Transit as well, I had a mohawk, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, I remember going to my first punk show, and I saw these people. I didn't know what Pogo was or anything. I right, was like, right, yeah. What the hell are these kids doing? Because you know, you didn't you didn't get to watch that kind of stuff on yeah. YouTube or anything, so I had no idea. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, started playing in a band with uh, our drummer actually I've known him for 15 years and we started playing some music and started uh yeah well this routine is hell and then yeah. swaying later and uh i know it just kept going and things are changing you know styles but yeah so was it kind of through your sister that you kind of introduced to to sort of 
when, when did the kind of heavier stuff sort of start um, picking up? Yeah, was that just sort of... Through my sister mostly, actually. I have never really thanked her for that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I met Boris in high school, because I know Boris for like about 15 years now, so he's yeah. a drummer. And um, we started... Well, we realized we listened to the same music, which was at first just still like the Rands in the Scott yeah, punk, yeah. street punk kind of stuff. And we played in a, a similar type of band. And then heavier stuff, yeah, later when I started listening to more hardcore shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first I got into like minor threat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Then also the heavier stuff, you know, later on Converge, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Since now actually the opposite, I'm like, feeling <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to look for innovation in music and yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. And uh, it's still happening in the heavy music for yeah. sure. But yeah. And kind of growing up, like, what was your kind of first experience of sort of live like alternative music because i remember like you mentioned to me the other day that holland there's not a whole lot there but so what was your kind of first exposure to to that sort yeah. of thing you mean like the heavier stuff or like just, just alternative just, music yeah just, yeah just like or like because a lot of people i've spoken to like their first gigs are, as you say like yeah green day foo fighters yeah that sort no of never thing, the so. big things actually no no, okay. no 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 i always went to the small shows uh we used to live in, i li lived in a village uh, pretty small actually and there were shows happening in the other village and it was a real tight community there okay. punk shows mostly uh, I remember the distillers played there once oh, nice. when, when they were pretty small I, I couldn't go because my mom had, had me grounded which is like <laughs> oh, no. yeah bummed me out massively but uh, it, it was yeah and I just kept going to those kinds of shows yeah. we didn't really go far out I don't I don't like big shows I never okay. did I yeah, don't really yeah. go to big venues uh, festivals I just I think the thing that appealed to me was the intimacy of these kind of right. small shows yeah, and yeah. the community and the scene and mm. that kind of stuff so yeah. was there quite a, a sort of a a punk DIY scene absolutely yeah. at the time yeah, yeah yeah I think I was a little late to get to it yeah so, uh, so it was kind of like dying out um, around the time I moved out of that village and started studying um, that was kind of like slowly not happening that much right, anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah no, I think like as with any city like communities they come and go yeah like, yeah, so, yeah some bigger cities are able to maintain that the villages it's sometimes you know the young kids they move out they <laughs> yeah, get yeah. Else, and then, uh, it's very much like where yeah. I'm from like yeah uh, and you said like playing Portsmouth like yeah now there's like there's a promoter that's just kind of started doing shows again but they're kind of more on the metal scale of things so right punk wise there's still not a whole lot like so yeah uh, that's why like whenever I go to shows now it's either here or in Brighton because that's where things are happening right, right. but yeah I, I totally understand what you mean yeah, by yeah things exactly. going up and down and um, so in terms of you kind of playing music, obviously you said with sort of started that the earlier band with Boris. So was that your first, yeah, first, first band? Bit, yeah. So you, so I, you've kind of in some form been in Swain the whole of your musical career, I guess. Pretty much. No, no so no. Uh, this routine is hell. Uh, was actually the second band. Me and Boris had another band, which is a ska punk band. Right. Yeah. Uh, not something worth mentioning <laughs> <laughs> or looking up. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was a great way to get experience. Yeah. Like, I remember going to our first show. We pl think we played with One Man Army, and we didn't have amps or anything. We just showed up, <laughs> and then we didn't know, you know, that you're supposed to bring, bring amps. equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So we just brought our guitars and. How, how that old was were you this time? Oh, I think 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you can get away with it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's just like, oh, all right, that's cute. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. I remember the promoter being a little like, oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that worked out, and uh, and then yeah, me and Boris have basically been playing in bands my yeah for half of my life. Yeah. So, because so, obviously you're, I know you play a little bit of guitar in Swain, but mm -hmm. obviously you're frontman. So, has vocalists has been a vocalist been 
what you've always been drawn to, or were you kind yeah. of drawn guitar first? Where, no. where did the kind of influence I, come from I, in the first? Yeah, in my first band, I, I sang quite a lot more than would be normal for a backup for a vocalist, basically. Right. Okay. Uh, for yeah. Um, but I was always drawn to. I, I think I was always was just at the front of the show, putting yeah, out the yeah. most amount of energy. And mm. at some point, I was always like playing bass solos. For, somebody once told me, "Like, hey man, I think you need to play guitar. Like, st okay. stop doing these <laughs> solos and these bass, and stop being, you know." And then, uh, yeah, some friends and uh, we just started in high school. We started this routine as hell, basically. Yeah. And uh, that was a while ago. Uh, we were really shitty back then. Yeah, really, really shitty. Yeah. So. What, what drew you to, as you say, was it just the case that you had this energy and that you wanted to be in front of the crowd? Or did you always kind of want to sort of test it out, try your voice sort of thing? Um, I think when I was young, I was just really pissed about a lot of things and, and just being able to, I don't know, release that on stage yeah. real good. Like, still, like it, I mean, like our music has changed, but still the energy, I think, is still the same. Mm. And it's just about, I don't know, having that good time on stage, just getting it out there screaming i guess yeah it's a good feeling you know i mean like who, who doesn't like it i mean like people who haven't tried it like you know my co-workers or whatever normal people you know i just tell them like i hey, go to a forest and just scream for yeah, a fucking yeah. half an hour it's, it's great you know do it um it's yeah it's it's a release i don't know so if we kind of move on to the early stages of this routine as hell obviously mm -hmm. i think a lot of people here in the uk kind of knew the name maybe saw you a couple of times right and maybe as you, we said yesterday like Still to this day, may not know that Swain is the next incarnation yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. So, when that band first kind of formed, what was the the vision behind it? Because I think I kind of caught it on the tail end when you were kind of still quite abrasive punk, but yeah. had a bit more groove to you. So yeah. Was that always the vision, or where did it start off? Well, it started off with mostly just being inspired by Minor Threat, I think, right. and that kind of stuff. And it was fast, it was noisy, it was uncontrolled. Uh, didn't have a lot of groove into it. We had different members <laughs> yeah. as well, and we were all still developing as musicians. And uh, it was just like I, not much of a vision, to be honest. It was okay. just you know, just like having fun with our friends and just yeah. playing as many shows as we could. And then only later on we started realizing, like, hey man, so you know, here's a concept called songwriting. You know, like, <laughs> let's work on that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just started writing more catchy stuff, stuff yeah. that made more sense. Initially, we did like weird shit. We tried to like you know weird rhythmical things and patterns that we tried to get real complex and then only yeah. later you know i started realizing like hey maybe that's not really the key to songwriting the key to songwriting is maybe being really simple but just doing it really well yeah and i think that's when you know how sort of like came out yeah that yeah of that that period where we started really thinking about songwriting. yeah yeah and because i oh know obviously you're still this the same band just under a different name different mm -hmm. changing a different sound but there was a period where you guys obviously being from mainland Europe, we're, yeah. we're getting a crowd there. Yeah, had a, had a bit of a name here as well. Yeah. So, did you kind of notice that the as things were kind of ticking by, that there was kind of a pinch point when things were kind of getting a bit of momentum behind them? Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot happened when we recorded Howl with Kurt Ballou. I mean, right. that's, yeah, yeah. that's a name that puts you on the map somehow. And yeah. Also, we got a nice label at the time, which kickstarted a little bit more of the Germany thing for us. That was great. Um, I think that was a pivotal moment for for, for Swain or this routine. Yeah, so yeah. There's, I mean, a lot of people don't even know this, but there's records before Howl, and yeah, yeah, a lot of people course, yeah. they, they don't know this, and no, they don't necessarily have to listen to it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, at the time, those were you know good for us, yeah, and you know, honest to God, music for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but from now, 
at this point, when I look back at it, I'm just like, oh yeah, I would have done things differently. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, Howl was a big game changer for us. Yeah. And the same way as Long, the Long Dark Blue was for us as well. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, the Long Dark Blue, especially in Germany, uh, but also in the US, actually, when it comes to like streams and, and the attention. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, online reviews and that kind of stuff. Um, that's been a game changer for us. Like, yeah. That really put us on the next level. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we hope to achieve something like that with maybe a new record yeah. again. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, recording Howl with, with Kurt Blue. So, yeah. how did that kind of all come about? Was it just oh. sort of shooting for the stars and it happened? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we were, we were all living together at the time in this like big old student house with 400 people it was an old oh, wow. refurbished yeah it was an old refurbished uh university right. building and it was pretty cool everyone had to like build their own rooms and you got a discount on your <laughs> yeah it was a really crazy place and um and so at some point we were just hanging out I was like hey yo what if we just record a new album in america and like and then how are we gonna afford this like i don't know we'll figure it out you know we'll figure it out i'm just gonna send kurt blue an email and oh, wow. uh, yeah just like that and he was like yeah sounds great like no that, way. yeah yeah so, yeah we just sent him our previous record and he was like yeah sure let's make it let's make it happen and uh yeah we did the drums in holland and we did the rest of the of the of the stuff basically there in nine days pretty quickly yeah. it was really scary man it's like <laughs> you're uh you're 50 no i'm sorry i wasn't 50 i was like it was 2012 so i was like 29 now <laughs> alright so yeah that was some while ago 6 years ago and we showed up at this porch and it's got like well, we ring the bell he opens up he's a big guy yeah, know, tall yeah, tall yeah. guy very small skinny people <laughs> and the guy's like hey I'm Kurt Blue what's up and uh and <laughs> that was like, spot on by the way yeah yeah, yeah right, right <laughs> up. and uh, I shake his hands and I'm like shaking because it's like this fucking legendary yeah, yeah. guitar player producer this person I admire and uh, here I am in fucking Salem, Massachusetts, in the United States for the first time in my life. Oh wow! All that stuff was like a big impression, and uh, for all of us, so we were a bit scared. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think, it, I think it we're all right. Uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a good time. And uh, like yeah. in in retrospect, like what was the kind of experience like? Like obviously, as you say, nerves kind of thing. But can you look back at it and, and obviously like. I've said to you how much I love Howl. I think Howl's a brilliant record. Thanks. So, is can you is that sense of looking back and thinking, yeah, we we did that on our own own back and like didn't yeah for any sure sort of thing yeah for sure because I mean like first of all there was a money issue yeah right? like no way we could have afforded that so mm. we, you know we borrowed some money from our parents and shit and, like <laughs> yeah. really like that and we went there and yeah I'm 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 still really happy with the result like yeah. that's like that's I think you know we did really well compared to also the mm. other records we had done before. And also it was a really scary moment because we arrived and the first three days didn't go as smoothly actually because you know we're not that good of a musicians like all of us like not necessarily all of us but yeah it wasn't going so smoothly and the first three days we didn't really get the feeling that he was into it like, I wasn't okay. sure and only on the third day when we had recorded I think Nostalgia we completely recorded that and then he was listening to it and he was like banging his head yeah, looking yeah. around and then for the first time he was like yeah man this sounds great and we were like oh man such a relief because <laughs> it took us too long to get some of the parts done and we hadn't practiced enough yeah. and all that kind of stuff but yeah in the end I'm still happy with that yeah. record you know like I'm not necessarily feeling the same emotions that I, I was feeling at the time while yeah. recording it um, but I still feel like yeah that was quite an achievement yeah. for us at the time yeah, yeah, yeah. and something else that kind of you, you, got, you say on stage is that you're kind of from Holland via sorry Berlin via Holland. Yeah, that's right. So, why the why the move? Like, why the change to come to, yeah. to Germany? Mm. Well, Holland is a very comfortable country, mm. and you know, there's money. You can go to college very easily, or you could back in the day at least. <laughs> yeah. It's changing now, and um, I just didn't get the feeling that people really got what we were doing. Right. Okay. Uh, and I still, at most of the time, don't really think that people really get what we're doing. Um, but 
in Holland more so than in other places. And we noticed that when we were going tour in Germany and stuff like that, uh, that was going a little bit better. People understood it more. Yeah. And also just in terms of my personal life, Holland, where I lived in Utrecht, it's a small village. It's a small. It's not a small village. It's actually a big town in Holland, but still, it's only <laughs> in, in, compa in, in comparison, yeah, it's like three hundred thousand people. At some point, you feel like you're going to the same bars and you're going to the yeah, same yeah, things yeah. and the same whatever. And that felt at some point a little boring. And I had sort of like finished, or I was done with university at the time after seven years. And um, I don't know. I just we all had our own individual reasons, but yeah. we just uh, felt like something else. And we need to be in a bigger city in a yeah. place where. I don't know. Yeah, and then we moved to Berlin, and and actually in the first couple of years it's pretty rough because you don't really know what you're doing there. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. And only now after four years, I'm starting to meet people that are not necessarily in the punk scene, but just the art scene in general yeah, yeah. and music scene, but like different types of styles. I'm starting to understand that there's a lot of people that go there that kind of have no idea what they're doing with their lives, but they want to be <laughs> yeah. with other people who feel the same way. Yeah. So as to create maybe like some kind of community or some sense of direction. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's something I'm slowly starting to pick up in Berlin. And yeah. It's been doing real well. There's like well, a friend of mine. He um, he kind of had to move there for for marital reasons. So basically, right. his wife is American, um, but because of all the shit that's going on in this country at the moment, yeah, she couldn't get a visa to live here. Oh shit. So they moved to Berlin, and like you said, like didn't really know what they were doing they yeah. just liked the city and are kind of finding their feet at the moment so it seems like the perfect place to kind of do that yeah it seems so. i mean rent was and sometimes still is relatively cheap mm. i mean like i still have to work of course to make a living but i just work 20 hours a week okay that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty chill and um you know i get by and have a lot of free time and i kind of feel that that's the thing that's really underappreciated also in countries like holland where people are working their asses off mm. full time to work in this career and if you if you if you're passionate about something that's great you know yeah yeah it, yeah know, like a lot of people that i a lot of my friends in holland they're doing really cool stuff right now stuff that isn't for me but stuff that they're they don't consider it work but it's like a thing they really yeah, like. yeah that's great course, don't yeah. do that but that wasn't for me i wasn't really meant to be in an office i feel and so i just had to go somewhere else where i could afford to just have a lot more free time yeah to focus on other things also to focus on myself personally mm. like personal development that kind of stuff and I think that city is definitely preferred. Some people say Berlin is the place where you go to retire at 35. You know, <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of like yeah. uh, what it is. And I think that's really what it is. Yeah. And in terms of change, obviously the change of name from the street team as hell to, to Swain, mm -hmm. what what kind of brought that about? Was it because we'll get onto the change in sound in a minute. Yeah, but, sure. but was that kind of part and parcel? Uh, yeah, I think it comes with a change of heart about what necessarily we wanted to like express and mm. this routine as hell is a very negative heavy name that, yeah you yeah know, like carries a lot of emotion into it and that's not necessarily something that we felt was appropriate for the music we were writing right, at okay. the time or the, the vision that we had for the mm. future and so i guess that's why we got on to swain uh, i think boy yeah boy came up with it and uh, you know it means it's also a name but it also means young lover oh okay uh, yeah a lot of people don't know this actually but um and we just thought it sounded cool and it's it's nice because you, you have like a name that isn't really associated with a lot of things so you can take it and turn it into your own yeah thing, yeah you know what i mean and it looks cool in posters so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know that's why we went for it and uh i think it was a good choice yeah um yeah and in terms of obviously the the change in sound because yeah as i say like i really i i thought like how was the first technically swain album right um but then obviously um Long Dark Blue, sorry, completely forgot the name of your yeah, No, no, that's right. Um, was, because I, th I think I'd seen you guys 
as how had come out yeah and then i hadn't seen or heard of you for a while because i think you were doing a lot of stuff in mainland didn't come over here that's right yeah and then obviously that record came out and it was a complete sort of left turn <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so what why was there that change of of sound yeah i mean like i I don't know. It's just like I, I don't necessarily have the desire to like scream okay. that much personally. Like I like giving full energy. I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. need to like I don't know. I don't need to growl so much. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't feel like that's really what I need to do right now. And I think the rest of the guys kind of felt the same way when it comes to songwriting. Like when you write an album like Howl, and then you write a next album, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna like write the same album again? Yeah, yeah. Like you have to sort of progress in some way. And within the genre, there isn't really much. To, to change. There's not much area, not, not much. Space yeah, to move, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, we were always like big fans of a uh, band like Pain and Black, and also Modern Life as well. Because that's what I was gonna say. So that yeah. first record to me is like, and I mean this as a compliment. Like, yeah, sure. Europe's Pain and Black. Like that's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I saw it. Yeah, like, no, we were big fans, and uh, and and of course, recording with Kurt made that sound really appropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. You know, also painted black. They they have done their stuff, but that's still in a particular you know sort of field of, yeah. of you know, like area of writing music, and we just felt like we don't want to write another howl. Yeah, yeah. we want to do something else. We want to challenge ourselves. And I was also working on my solo music that has never been released, but I've okay. been working on that for <laughs> about seven years. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 boy as well. And we're like sort of like the main songwriters, I guess. And um, I don't know. We just felt like, hey man, let's do something else. Let's yeah. uh, let's groove more. Let's sing. Let's try to sing. It was the first yeah. time we did that. You know, it's still scary. And uh, we just wanted to. Be- oh yeah, I remember this actually because um, we played a show a while ago uh, for a band called Lotus. Uh, they were doing a release show, we were headlining, and when they were playing, we were upstairs in the backstage, and the singer came to me, and he was just like walking around, really nervous and stuff, and he was like, I asked him, was like, hey, are you all right? And he was like, well, actually, I'm like really fucking nervous, man, it's a release show. And then he went down, and he did the show, and I was upstairs, and I was just like, wait a second, man, like, when's the last time I was really nervous at yeah, the show? Yeah. And I felt that I wasn't really being nervous about anything at the moment. I was being really comfortable. Yeah. And so, ironically, the the, the band had become kind of a routine, you know? Like, <laughs> that, yeah, it sounds yeah, stupid, but... Yeah. So we were just doing the same shit over and over, and I felt like, yeah, I could totally write a new howl, and just, like, I figured out the formula. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, okay, let's do it again. But if we were to do that, then it would just be kind of... I don't know, we'd be... I just want to be uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And, and then with the Long Dark Blue, it was like we just started singing. That was really weird in the studio, really uncomfortable. And that felt great. Yeah. You know? And I think we want to do the same thing again with the new album. It's not going to be like as big of a change probably yeah, yeah. As, as it was. But we just want to do new shit and feel uncomfortable and feel that we're progressing somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of that kind of change of sounds, like... um, Sorry. <laughs> like... What was the kind of reception like? Because obviously people yeah. would have been used to what you had sounded like. Yeah. So w- was it difficult at first? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people were like pissed. Like yeah. Some people would just say, I remember this one guy, uh, this YouTube comment, which I think sums it up real nice. Uh, this guy said, uh, rest in peace, this routine is hell, blah, 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 blah. And then some other guy with a long tirade about like how we change and how we can't. Really, oh, blah, wow. Blah. And that's really interesting. I was, that was, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I also understand it very well. I'm, I'm also just thinking like, oh, go listen to Howl, man. Like, I don't care. <laughs> You've got that right. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, a few months later, like, okay, so that comment had a lot of other comments. And then a few months later, that guy went back and he's like, yo, I take it all back. 
And then <laughs> he had him. this whole story about like how after a few listens, this made, yeah, this, this yeah, made yeah. sense to him. And I think a lot of people actually had the same Yeah, thing, yeah. Where they're like, oh, okay. So I Because th I think if you're a fan of what we're doing and how we're doing things, you might notice that actually the Long Dark Boot isn't so different. No, you know, no, like, no. Lyrically, it's very much the same stuff. In terms of catchiness and songwriting, it's actually kind of a very similar approach. Mm. It just sounds different. Yeah, the guitars aren't as crazy. Yeah, the drums aren't like massively big or something like that. Sure. Um, and I'm screaming, but I think if you appreciate what we what we do and how we do it, then it's pretty much the same shit we've been yeah. doing all the time, basically, since we since in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in terms of kind of your lyric writing, something that you've said on, on stage at every show so far is something that obviously about sort of being open about being queer and things like that. And yeah. Something that is clearly quite passionate to, to right. yourself. So was that, I don't want to kind of delve too deep into personal you life. You can but, if you want. No but worries. was that quite a difficult personal life sort of thing for you to outwardly say? And do you feel that because yeah. of the position you're in, that that it's a message that should be shared more? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, I think that, so, I mean, let's just get real. I mean, um, <laughs> So when I, I always considered myself to be heterosexual actually yeah. when I moved to, before I moved to Berlin and then I moved to Berlin, started dating a bunch of people and Berlin has a really amazing queer space, mm. a lot of cool things happening in terms of parties and people and all kinds of, you know, open approach to a lot yeah. of things in a tolerant community. And I started actually uh, seeing men in, in that sense and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily date or haven't really romantically dated yeah. men, but I love having sex with men. And uh, I also love having sex with women or any gender, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. Like, yeah. and, 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 and when it comes romantically, I, I, I'm more inclined towards uh, women, I guess. Um, but yeah, I started noticing that, but I also felt that it was difficult to sort of like, well, in the safe space, basically, of Berlin and the yeah, community yeah. that I was in, that felt fine to talk about it. But with other people, and especially in the hardcore scene, I was feeling uncomfortable. I wasn't feeling okay. uncomfortable wearing nail polish. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, I know that in the hardcore scene, you know, people just in general actually but people comment on shit yeah, you know? yeah and as they, they call you gay and stuff yeah. like that and i don't think that shouldn't necessarily happen in or that that, that shouldn't happen at all in in the punk scene because we're trying to create this safe space where we feel comfortable doing what we want to do and there is absolutely no space for not just like it's easy to say oh we're against racism we're against uh, homophobia we're against sexism sure that's really easy in a lot yeah, of ways yeah. put that up as a slogan and stuff like that but the real challenge comes to like these really small things that we're doing to make it hard mm. on the people that we love actually to come out to be whoever they want to yeah, be yeah yeah and this is a thing that's constantly happening and and so i feel like it's important to step up also just the small things like the macho behavior on shows that makes it hard for people who aren't you know big yeah, tough guys yeah, yeah. to go to the front of the shows and all that kind of stuff i think yeah we have you know i have a space now to, to mention this kind of shit yeah and yeah, so I think that's super important. I mm. think it's important that every band does it. Yeah. And in terms of like lyrics specifically, like I'm not saying that everything, every song you write is going to be shaped around that. But mm -hmm. has that kind of journey of discovery sort of helped you in terms of not just that subject, but broaching other other subjects in the way that you write? Oh, interesting. Um, no, I mean I've I've always been really open about. It. A lot of those kinds of things yeah. actually so I, I don't feel uncomfortable in terms of like when it comes to lyrics I'm happy to just put it know, all out there yeah put it all out there yeah absolutely and and especially when I'm on stage and I feel good I'm happy to put it all out there and that's never really been different so I mean my personal life and the changes that occurred there 
they've of course influenced the songwriting, but it's more so that some songs are sort of like about that. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe more will happen in the next record than it was on the Long Dark Blue. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, sometimes you just don't have an answer. Yeah. And and in terms of kind of the the new record, obviously, you said you guys are kind of writing it at the moment, yeah, sort of moving totally, yeah. towards that direction. And we had the conversation yesterday about sort of bands that are kind of potentially a similar link for yeah. you yeah, yeah so okay. so what and you've mentioned kind of a, another sort of change so are you kind of looking to go i don't want to say indie but that kind of more yeah. melodic groove style yeah, yeah, absolutely i mean i think actually what we're doing and what we're going to be doing is not just meant for a punk or a hardcore audience yeah and i think also what we should avoid is to like stick like this message that we have or whatever like not us but like the scene in yeah general, yeah i think it applies to much more things than just the punk scene yeah that kind of stuff and so i feel really happy if we can play with all kinds of bands you know like all kinds of bands like we've been playing with hip-hop people oh, and, wow. uh, or rappers in, in in uh in in germany and that kind of stuff and that works great yeah and i think it's cool because you, you get to like take all this stuff that is super important i think politically or emotionally or personally and you take that into like a sort of a mainstream thing and yeah you can really touch people that um might not have been you know uh able to listen to that kind of stuff within you know the mainstream yeah, way yeah. Of music yeah and so and also i think that the idea of of the subculture the, the concept of subculture is sort of like changing and people are consuming music in a very different way you know people are growing up listening you know to spotify they'll listen to uh deaf heaven and they'll listen to kendrick lamar and <laughs> yeah. they'll listen to i'm, I'm very guilty of yeah that, you know, so. say, me too and they'll listen to swain but they'll also listen to fucking slipknot i don't yeah, care yeah, you know yeah. like, and some indie bands or whatever and so i'm thinking like yeah yo i want to play shows with Alex Sandy, uh, Sandy Alex G or yeah, yeah. I want to play shows with Car Seat Headrest yeah sure I'll do it that sounds great I'll also play shows with Slipknot yeah, yeah. that's really hard. Rage Against the Machine is my biggest dream oh, you know? that's right <laughs> Swain Slipknot tour needs to happen yeah now. yeah no, next, time see, next well, time I see you well Iowa uh, you know Modern Life's War they're from Iowa exactly. I, I know they played a show with Slipknot once like, oh way, really way back yeah 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 so there we go so uh, maybe I should you know, do those. hook you up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool and um, how I'd like to, to end this is, yeah. is just to kind of ask uh, the artist I'm with what their favourite song is but with a little bit of a twist so what is your favourite Swain song that you like to play live and why? Huh um, that's an interesting question well I mean I really like Kiss Me Hard in terms of vibe and, and just the energy but honestly though and a lot of people don't know this song very well uh, Strange Way Down is my favourite song to play yeah? we usually play it at the end of the set and it's just the kind of song that Sorry, this guy. Yeah, that's cool. It's just the kind of song um, where it kind of like slows down. There's this groove, and I'm just like, I don't really need to do anything on stage at yeah, that point. Yeah. I'm just feeling it, and it's just like, I don't know. I just love that groove. And then that part where it just gets nuts and crazy. It's like the final release at the show. Yeah. I think in terms of playing live, I think that's my favorite song to play. And I think most of the band agrees with that. Actually, yeah. perfect. No, thank you very hey, much. Thank you, really man. appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you again to Nom for having a chat with me. Honestly, one of the nicest dudes you can meet. And to be honest, the whole Swain crew in general just there's just are just a bunch of sweethearts. They're really nice, really fun guys to to hang out with for a couple of days. 
um, and they're all going to be at Fluff as well so look forward to, to seeing you guys then and hanging out again um, as always I'll put all their various social media platforms in the description of the podcast so please go check them out um, go check out their music they're writing a new record soon um, I'm really interested to see how that turns out because obviously uh, if you listen to Howl and then listen to The Long Dark Blue there is a massive change musically so really excited to see what those guys do next um, next week I, my guest on the podcast is uh, vocalist of the agony scene Mike Williams uh, we talk about obviously the history of the bands why they kind of had the brief hiatus and then kind of got back together and how things are all shaping up with their new record coming out later this month uh, but for now thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast and I'll see you soon